Will you go with me to James chapter one? James chapter one, and I'm gonna start in verse six and read a couple verses to us, and I, I really believe that God is gonna help us today. James chapter one, verse six. I'm reading from the NIV. It says this, it says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Well, that just messed up a whole lot of my asking. <laughs> so we're gonna have to deal with that. And then he continues to talk and he, or to write and he says, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. One of the writers tells us that there will be a time uh, where people do not want to endure sound doctrine, that they're going to be tossed to and fro. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he tells him, he says, people, people don't want to hear the truth. People want to hear what they want to hear. And they'll even, they'll even pay for someone to tell them what they want to hear. Isn't it an amazing thing that we would pay somebody to tell us what we're already convinced of in our own hearts. When I think the proper use of our resources would be, let me pay somebody who's gonna tell me to do the opposite of what my feelings are telling me to do. Somebody who's gonna tell me the truth. And so, so James says, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, that person, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Unstable. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray and ask over these next few moments that you would speak to us, help us with the stability of our lives. God, we don't wanna be unstable. We don't wanna be double-minded. We don't wanna to be tossed to and fro. We want to be stable. And so Father, in Jesus' name, over these next few moments that we have together, help us to, in your word, discover stability for our lives, strength for our lives, a place where we can put our feet that is sure and secure. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Has anybody in the room, maybe just throw your hand up in the air, felt just a little bit unstable? <laughs> wow, we got a lot of honest people this morning. I don't know if second service is gonna be as honest, but man, I have felt really unstable. I've, I've been so convinced of one thing one day and totally unconvinced the next day. Is anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a stance or make any political statements here today. I, I just want you to understand some of my instability. Like, like a couple weeks ago, I was, I was convinced I'm not gonna get this vaccine. Bless God, I was reading all of the reports. And, and then just like four days ago, I was convinced I was gonna get it. And then the next morning I woke up and I'm not gonna get it. And, one morning I wake up and I'm like, I, I've already had COVID, but then they're talking about another variant of COVID. So now I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know if I really had the real COVID because this one sounds like a different COVID. 
And then if you watch the news, I'm convinced that we live in two completely different realities. I'm just, and so I don't know about you, but I've just felt a little bit unstable. Oh my goodness, I just felt a little bit unstable. Sure, sure of some things and then unsure of some things. Like convinced that certain things are true and then you watch a YouTube video and it just blows, <laughs> blows it all up in your face. And you thought, man, I thought that was real. And then they have these things going around now that's just like, it, it's, not even, it's, it's not even like uh, what the previous president would call fake news. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like pretend news. You know what I'm talking about? Like these, these people that, 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 that just make a joke of news, of real, real things, and they turn them into a joke. Um, what's that one called? Uh, the B, the Babylon B. Sometimes I read that stuff and I'm like, but could it possibly? I'm that unstable. And when you find yourself in a place in life where you cannot find your footing and, and you're not convinced in the stability of the people that you're watching on television and you're not convinced of the stability of the pastor in the pulpit, <laughs> what do you do? You turn your life back to the most stable person that you've ever encountered in your life, his name is Jesus. And so what I want to encourage you to do in the day that we live in, yes, I encourage you to do all of your research and get all of the information that you can, but when it comes to the real place of security and the real place of information that doesn't change one day from the next, come on, it's the Word of God. It's the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus. And if we're going to be stable people in an unstable world, we have got to put our hope and faith, confidence in Jesus. And I think because of the lack of stability, so many people have become complacent, indifferent, apathetic. I was... Last week when Pastor Chad Veach was here, and how many of you guys enjoyed Pastor Chad Veach last week? Just, I love him a lot. He's, he's a good man. He's a good friend, and I'm so thankful for him. We were talking uh, in, in my office after one of the services, and he's just sitting there, and he's like, he's like, what's even happening? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, what's going on at Calvary Church is not happening anywhere else I've been. This is what he says to me. He, said, he says, he, he says there, it's, it's almost as if the people in your church have forgotten what's going on in the world. And I, I, I said, I don't think they've forgotten. I just think over the past year and a half, we have chosen not to put any of our confidence in men and to put all of our confidence in God. He's like, everywhere I go, it's like pulling teeth trying to get people back into church, trying to get people to, to serve again, to, 
to be a part of the things of God again. And, it, and it's, not, it's not just trying to get people back in church because people are, are still afraid of crowds. No, it's, 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 it's even people that are coming back to church are still afraid to serve, still afraid. And it's not because of COVID. Something changed where we got complacent and we got apathetic and we stopped caring about some of the stuff that really matters in life. And complacency is dangerous because complacency is when you quit without leaving. You haven't gone anywhere. You're still there, but you've given up. And, and I don't want you. I don't want you to grow complacent. I don't want you to grow complacent in your marriage. I don't want you to grow complacent as a parent. I don't want you to grow complacent in your job. I don't want you to grow complacent in your relationship with Jesus. I don't want you to grow complacent in your relationship to his house and his people. Why? Because the place of complacency is crowded with good intentions. It speaks the language of could have, would have, should have. And I don't want to get to the end of all of this and look back on the past however many years that this period of time lasts and say, I wish I would have, I could have, I wanted to, but I was too complacent. I got too comfortable in the most uncomfortable place in my life. It's an amazing thing how people can get comfortable in uncomfortable. And they keep doing stuff that doesn't work, refusing to try anything new. And I ask myself the question all the time, Robbie, why in the world are you so loyal to stuff that doesn't work? It's an amazing thing, isn't it? How we can be so loyal to things that aren't even working in our lives. So I've got to I've got to, first of all, I've got to deal with, with my footing. What, what am I planted in? What are my feet solidly planted in? And as I looked at my life and I began to observe some of the things that I had set down in and planted myself in, I started to realize, man, I've planted myself in some really bad thinking some really bad reasoning, some really bad understanding. And I recognized that the scripture that I thought wasn't for me, I thought, I thought I was grown. I realized that Paul was talking directly to me in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 when he said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And I felt like the Spirit of the Lord wanted me to come to church today and tell the church to grow up. I don't know how happy or mad that makes you right now. But it is time to grow up. Some of the things that have made me so unstable, it's my lack of ability to make decisions. And I think 
one of the reasons that I've been un unable to make some decisions is because I never pre-decided. I've let the happenings determine my decisions instead of who I believe God is, what God is telling me to do, no matter what's happening in the world today. Do you know that even this morning on the way to church, the devil was talking to me and he was saying, you don't need to, you don't need, now is not the time to spend money on buildings. Delta isn't the only variant. Oh, there's more variants to come. There's alpha variants and delta variants and variants with the C and a D and an E and an F. I don't know the rest of the alphabet, but um, you know what I'm talking about? There's more coming. They're going to tell you to stop having church again. Why would you extend the sanctuary? Why would you expand the vision when the vision is getting ready to decrease? Why, why, would you, why would you do that when you know that the last time this happened, it affected how people attended church, it affected how people gave to the church, it affected how people engaged with the church? Why would you expand in a time when other churches are closing their doors? And I told the devil, I pre-decided. I pre-decided. I've already made a decision not based on the economy, the stock market, or who's in the White House. I made a decision based on what God said. And if God said it, doesn't matter what's happening in the world, he will perform his word. Somebody in the room needs to stand with me today and declare that over your own life. I've pre-decided. I don't care what variant comes. I don't care what variant goes. I don't care how effective a vaccine is. I don't care who's elected. God has already spoken. And when he says it, he'll do it. I pre-decided. Pre-decided. So I'm starting to conquer what makes me hesitant. Starting to conquer what makes me hesitant. And, and I, I, I found out that there's some things that make me hesitant, probably make you hesitant. I'm afraid to make the wrong decision. When you care about people and, and you care about their lives and you care about how your decisions affect them, this can make you hesitant and it's not that you shouldn't care about their lives and it's not that you shouldn't care about how your decisions affect other people you should care about those things but there should be a weight that you put to those concerns that isn't the same as the weight you put to the concerns of heaven and too often I've been so afraid to make the wrong decision that I didn't make any decision. And indecision is actually a decision. 
I found out I have to stop trying to be perfect. I think the only perfect decisions I've made in life, two. The decision to give my life to Jesus and the decision to let Monica marry me. Those, those are the two. Those are the two best decisions I've ever made. Wait, was I supposed to say the decision to marry you, not let you marry me? I mean, that's so silly, but it's real. It's true. Um, and I've waited for like all of everything, right, to get into order. And, and do, you, do you know that if you wait for everything to come together, nothing will ever come together? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've, always, I've always loved visionary type people because they, ha they have to know that when, when you share a vision with someone, that immediately people are gonna start poking holes in it. How's that gonna, how are you gonna, what's that gonna look like? What, and, 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 and the thing is, is like, the, the gaps in a vision don't close until the work begins. And the thing about vision is it's not rooted in the past. Vision is actually rooted in a frustration with the past. So vision obviously is gonna have some holes in it and there are gonna be some people who say, man, you, you guys shouldn't do that. What, you're starting a business in the middle of a pandemic. Do you know what's happening in the economy right now? Do you know what's going on with the stock market? Do you know how volatile prices are right now? Have you seen gas? <laughs> and everybody's always got a reason why you can't. And I've, I found this out. Their reasons why you can't are not reasons why you can't. They're reasons why they won't. Oh my gosh, so I have to stop trying to be perfect. I've, I've decided this. I've decided who I want to be. And who I want to be is going to guide the rest of my decisions. I'm also starting to realize that temporary discomfort is better than permanent regret. <laughs> I heard someone say this one time. They said, what if your temporary discomfort leads to someone else's eternal comfort? Wow. So where we are right now in this moment is the result of decisions we have made. And the sooner I and you stop giving someone else's decisions power over mine, the sooner my life will change. So we come back to Paul when he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I love this because he's not saying I put myself away. 
You're, you don't understand. If, 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 I, if I stop doing that, then I, stop, I cease to be me. No, how you talk, how you think, and how you reason, it's not you. It's not. Because you can change all of those things. And still be you. You can, the, He teaches you can put all that stuff away. He's not saying put yourself away. He's saying put your child away. Put the part of you that talks like a kid, thinks like a kid. Well, I'm just a child at heart. Put, it, put that part of you away and become full grown. My talking, my thinking, and my reasoning is simply a system that I've developed on how to make decisions. Think about this, for instance. What if, what if so many people here in this room today and watching me online, what if so many of us are spending so much of our time on things that aren't making the quality of our life any better? What if you are spending more time upset over how you look instead of fixing how you think? And you're at the doctor trying to fix your lips when your lips aren't your problem, the stuff that's coming out of your mouth is your problem. Now, I'm not saying don't fix your lips. I might do it myself. I've been thinking about getting this thing where they just pull you back like this and you lose your double chin. I need that one. So don't be surprised if I show up one Sunday without a double chin anymore. It's not because I stopped drinking Mountain Dew. That ain't happening. I'm just telling you, what if, what if, what if, what if you're lonely not because of how you look but because of how you talk? And so much of what we focus on is not making our lives any better. 1 Corinthians 14 and 20 says this. It says, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, be adults. And here's the problem with bad thinking. If you don't put it away, it'll put you away. So let me give you, let me just give you a few thoughts on how to begin to grow up. First of all, accept responsibility. Just accept responsibility. The Bible teaches that whoever conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses them and renounces them will find the mercy that they need. One of our biggest issues, one of the ways we act like children the most is we refuse to take responsibility for our lives, for what we've done, for we, where we have wronged people, and we spend most of our lives blaming other people, acting as if they did something that's just so terrible that I can't make a few decisions to set my life on a different path and in a different trajectory. So I have to take responsibility. Nothing changes until I do. I, I remember growing up in my house and thinking my parents just needed to get their act together. 
Just like, you need to realize this is how I am, this is how I operate. You need to adjust to me. And we spend up so much of our lives thinking the world needs to adjust to us. The world needs to change for us to benefit, to change for us. I, I, listen to me. I know people in different nations that are doing better than a lot of people in our nation who have, who have much dire circumstances than people in our nation. Well, Robbie, you don't know what I came from. Can, can I talk to you about... Can, can we just for a second just examine the life of someone like, but, but, but you don't, you, you, you don't understand. No, you don't. No, you, you don't, you don't understand the power of choice in, in the, in the old Testament. The, the Bible says, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, God said to the people in Deuteronomy chapter 30, he said, listen, today I give you choices. I, I set before you life, death. I set before you destruction, prosperity. These are your choices. Your choices are determining the quality of your life. And at some point when you grow up, you stop blaming your parents. You stop blaming your teachers. You stop blaming your uncle and your aunt. You stop blaming your cousins. You stop blaming your birth circumstances. You stop blaming the color of your skin. You stop blaming the government. You stop blaming your church. And you take responsibility for your life where it is. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's, it's a cakewalk. I, it is difficult. But if you want to grow up, you got to take responsibility for your life. You have to, if you want to grow up. If you don't want to grow up. And you want to be needy. And you want to depend on everybody else. That's up to you. But I feel like I'm in a room full of people who are like, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of childish ways. I want to grow up. Respect authority is the second. This one, this one drives me crazy because nothing makes me more angry than when some little toddler looks at you and says, you're not my daddy. Anybody had a little kid? You just tell them some simple instruction. Hey, uh, hey, will you pick that up? You're not my daddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be your daddy. <laughs> I'm surprised your daddy wants to be your daddy. But pick it up. Like, like. And we laugh and it's hilarious, but we do the same thing as grown-ups. Pastor comes in and he's got a word and he speaks, you're not my daddy. I'm just telling you what your actual daddy said to do. I'm not trying to boss you around. I'm just, he's your daddy. Respect authority. This this verse to me makes me angry, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. 
Romans 13 and 1 says, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now understand this, this is written, the book is called Romans. This is not written to a bunch of people in a democratic society. This is written to a bunch of people these, that are living in a culture that is killing them for their faith. And they're still being commanded to respect the authority. I can't respect this government. Uh, I don't know if that's the right position to take. Now, here's the thing. If the government asks you to do something that contradicts what God is asking you to do, you have every right to obey God and not men. But it's no reason for you to sit back and say, well, they're a bunch of, just a bunch of idiots up there on Capitol Hill. That's not respectful. I'll never respect this president. Stole it anyway. Something. I hear it. I see. I hear it. I got you. Man, I watch Fox News sometimes. I know how some of y'all are thinking. I'm, I'm never. Well, that's just not the right. That's what children do. And this is the problem with our culture. Everybody's acting like a kid. Just trying to destroy everybody you disagree with? Trying to ruin people's lives for stuff they said 100 years ago? Just kids. Just a bunch of kids running around. When we grow up, we put away childish things. Like, you're not my daddy. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Uh, well, then you're going to constantly be looking for a job because everybody's got a boss. So there's got to be a respect for authority. Not an unhealthy, I'll do whatever you say, you just tell me what to do. No, no, no. But a respect. You know, you can respectfully disagree do you know that because I disagree with you doesn't mean I don't love you? And we've, we're just people acting like children. Well, you don't agree with me, then you hate me. You're a child. Stop it. Stop. Oh, we got to grow up. We got to grow up to the point where it's just, it's it, no more of this whining it's like it's like across the net every time i turn the television on all i hear is when 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 it's all i hear when cnn when when msc when fox when it's like we just need a big national pacifier just shove it in that baby's mouth and stop like grow up and as the body of Christ, we should be the most mature people on the planet. 
Because we're not trying to do this on our own. We're not even doing this on our own, in our own strength, our own ability. We should be better at this than anybody. Third thought is manage conflict. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And all I see today is people giving in and listening to those voices that just want to stir stuff up. Let me tell you why you should be ticked off today. Yeah, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me who I should hate today. Yeah, tell me. Tell me who I should be afraid of today. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, God, help us to be people who desire a resolution to the conflict, not one who just keeps stirring stuff up. Another thought is we, when, we, when we start to grow up, we grow from feedback. Proverbs 19 to 20 says, listen to advice, accept instruction. Then you may gain wisdom in the future. Proverbs 12 and 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. I didn't say that. That's not Robbie translation. That's, that's in there. And another thought is, hey, let's, let's feed ourselves. One of the reasons so many of these our issues and our, our, our respect, our issues of respect, our issues of conflict management, our, 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 our lack of love for, for criticism and, and anyone who says anything negative or, or even, even constructive to us. We just want to resist all of it. The reason we do that is because, is because we allow so many voices to feed us we haven't learned how to feed ourselves. And we're letting other people make our dietary choices instead of us making those choices. There are some voices that want to get into my life, but I refuse to give them access to my life. And you need to learn whose voices to cut out of your life. I'm not allowing you to speak into my life because I know the type of junk you're trying to feed me. Oh my goodness. It's why some people's houses you just, you just don't want to go to. Because you know when you get there, not only is the meal going to be bad, conversation's going to be bad. You're going to have to put ranch on everything they feed you. I said this years ago, ranch covers a multitude of sins. It does. It just does. I put it on spaghetti. If I ever come to your house and I put ranch on something, you need to do better. Or just order. You got DoorDash. You got to learn how to feed yourself. Instead, we wake up every day and we listen to voices all day long. Turn on the TV. What are they saying today? Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Honey, I'm going to die. It's a fact.
get in the car, turn on the radio. What? They said, they said what? They, 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 they did what? And your whole day starts to get affected because you didn't set your own diet. You allowed other people to feed you their food. So I have to wake up every day, and if I'm, if I'm grown, if I'm grown, you, you, don't get to, you don't get to bring the spoon out, feed me applesauce anymore. I don't want applesauce. The Bible says, the New Testament says, tells us that by this time, Hebrews says, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you're, you're not. You ought, to, you ought to be able to handle the meaty things of the word, but you can't. You need milk still. I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, I don't want milk. I, I, don't, want, I don't want Gerber. I don't want applesauce anymore. I want the meat of Goliath. I want the meat of God's word. I want... And the requirement for that is that you is that you you grow up, you mature. Learn how to feed yourself. Galatians 4 and 1 says this. It says, the heir, as long as he is a child, he is under people that he should be over. And until he grows up, he cannot access it. I tell you this, not because I'm mad at you. No. I tell you this because I love you, because I want you to access things that only adults can access. He says, as long as you are a child, you are actually the same as the servants in the house. Even though you are the heir of all things, you don't have access to any of them because you haven't grown up yet. And could it be that so much of our frustration in life is that we just refuse to grow up? So many of the things that we want access to, we cannot have access to because we won't grow up. God is like, as long as you're a child, you can be in the house, you can even have relationship. You can, be, you can even be the heir of everything in the house but not have access to any, not have a key to any door because you are not grown up. Under people you should be leading. In a mindset that's beneath where you should be, thinking, reasoning, responding like a child. But I, I want, it doesn't matter what you want. It can even be within your reach. But your maturity is the key that unlocks the door that gives you access. We've got to grow up. We've got to grow up. 
Will you stand with me today? Some people are going to leave here today and be like, man, Robbie got really political, didn't he? You missed it. You want to stay a child. You want to believe. You want to continue to believe. That your politics are going to save you. You want to continue to believe that your identity is going to save you. What if, what if you're so, so unstable because you've been planting your feet in the wrong place? Book of Psalms tells us those that are planted in the house of the Lord will bear fruit in their old age. Even in their old age, they're going to be green. They're going to be thriving. Why? Because of where they're planted. The psalmist said, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. God would never want me to plant my life anywhere other than still waters. God would never want me to plant my life anywhere other than places of peace. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna go through places that aren't peaceful. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna go through places that don't have still waters. It just means those are places that I go through. The places that I choose to plant my life will be full of peace. They will be stable. They will be full of water. And so many in this room have planted your life down into places God never told you to plant your life down into. When the people of God were traveling through the wilderness, the Bible says that the Lord told them as they traveled through to build tents there. Why? Because God never wanted them to build a permanent structure in a place that they were just passing through. And if you're not careful, you'll build a permanent way of thinking over the past year and a half of your life. You'll build a permanent way of reasoning because of the last year and a half of your life. And what I'm telling you today is do not plant your life in what has happened over the past year and a half. Plant your life in the faithfulness of God to perform his word. Can somebody in the room say amen? So Father, in Jesus' name, we've decided... We're not going to plan our lives in our political persuasion. We're not going to plan our lives in our identity. We're not going to plan our lives in the color of our skin. We're not going to plant our lives in our history. We're not going to plant our lives in where we came from. We're not going to plant our lives in any of those things. We just pass through those things. We're going to plan our life in who you say we are. We're going to plan our life in what your word declares about us. We're going to plan our life in your house, in your word, on your truths, and when the whole world 
is shaking and being tossed to and fro, we will have a sure foundation, which is the word of God and Christ our Savior. So, Father, we thank you for that today in Jesus' name.